0: All right, welcome to uh, Num Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 260. Um, I'm your host for this one, David Palermo, because, you know, for years I tell you I'm going to develop hosts. And uh, the next one in the pile is Ben Gramado. Measurables, I don't know, taller than me, about 24, went to school in Oswego. You hear him on all the previous podcasts, but this one we have a special one. And uh, this is Greg Thompson from uh, my boy Eric Turner at Cover One um his brand and frankly if there's one spot i go to it's not a knock on other people it's 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 Cover one and greg gives a fuck still
1: (laughs) i appreciate you man i appreciate it
0: so um um, uh, here's what i want to do i want to play some devil's advocate i'm not looking to argue i'm looking to have this more be like a philosophical point of view um behind me uh, my friends over here playing Man Ultimate Team, and and my heart's in Madden. Um, I haven't been podcasting, but I still call my friends and scream about the Bills. I just don't <laughs> like. I forget my password. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what goes on. I forget. am like fuck, and then I gotta go to work. So I was a big Darius fan. Let's just dive right into this shit. Okay. I love the okay. marketing. I love the marketing, and
1: everybody likes the captain's hat. D-
0: Dude, we didn't expect Darius to come to us. We were supposed to be Von Miller. I was like, yo, Von Miller's gonna be sick, but like I hope he fits whatever we do, you know? And um we have learned as Bills, so here's my setup. We have learned as Bills fans that there's many ways to win Bills games, okay, yep. without a fucking quarterback. So when Bean and McDermott come in, and pretty much the marketing at the time was and I believe they got rid of, what's his name? Scott Birchhold, the old PR director guy. They got rid yeah. of him and transitioned for Boyko. I'm surprised I remember that. Um, so you. Boyko, once Boyko took over and those boys, it's only positive shit. Why? Because they know how media works. Meaning you have a jar this long. So when people like me are like, "Tell oh, that laptop shit from the New York Post? Oh, come on, man. The New York fucking Post. I don't give a flying fuck. Leave the flat earth up there. I want to laugh, too. Not going to go into flat earth, I'm not wearing my tinfoil hat. Shout out fucking flow gear podcast. I'm sending track my favorite podcast, but, uh, you know, I'm Dan. It's ain't rocket science. The Bills don't have fucking players forever. And now they have players and the cap doesn't matter. I'm like, is this the Broncos? Because last I checked these first and second year teams. And that's an old nineties joke that I didn't finish the punchline. Um, you know, I I was a Vikings fan just as big as I was a Bills fan later. I, I appreciate the Bills. My dad's a Vikings fan. I'll wear a Vikings shirt every Monday during the Randy Moss Chris Carter year when Cunningham came oh, out. I was like, nice. yo, we dusted yeah. the shit up. Yeah, dude, great years of football. Randy Moss so one, one of my favorite football players to see, ever. Like, right? So I got to watch an actual I have to watch Leslie Frazier and see this defensive line rotation, see how the media will go. Hey, Jared Allen, what the fuck? He needs to be in more. Why wasn't he on this crucial third down? But when it comes to the Bills, one thing I will say is like, I don't know what the disconnect is. My theory is I feel that in the pro personnel scouting and even the Cobb department, if you look at things in a video game format here, you have players, you have systems, okay, and you have m- the general manager and a coaching staff and you have marketing and you have real money and what's the craziest thing I've learned Greg from being the DIY investigator of this shit thanks to Eric Turner he got me to infiltrate the sidelines and it was great for training camp I could have accidentally taken out Tyrod Taylor he like ran by me I could have missed out dropped my coffee whatever <laughs> he could it could have been over I could have ended it fucking Kevin Cobb who you know so it it was surreal to see and learn that you really do have to love the game of football when you get paid. And there's a lot of these adages and I'm like, no, it's not like that. And and when you get down to it, that's what you're dealing with. So for me, correcting my stasher for me, when I see Starla Tule get signed and he's a one trick pony and the whole fucking internet tells me that, Oh dude, you don't get football. It's like, no, I get that. Marcel Darius could be drunk and speeding and fucking sammy watkins could be doing the same and sammy watkins if we're playing chess takes a safety which opens up the tight end which opens up the fucking field so when we don't have that and then oh all of a sudden Bert Diggs is in town oh cool took brandon bean four years as i'm paying money going through a divorce not brandon beans fucking problem but i'm being sold this porridge is like awesome and all i'm doing is getting myself more serious seats in the stadium in the red seats it's Toyota Club and just drinking better drinks and watching fantasy football inside nicely instead of, like, really, you know, like, watching more football. Because I can't be blue-pilled that hard that we're trying when you have fucking Peterman. Stop it. This is your franchise quarterback, and you're running him into a fucking pile his rookie year. You know, and, and when the, the year before that, you have the offensive lineman going, hey, for the Peterman game. Or, or Bosa going, I don't think they've for him you know so i i pay attention to these you know so when you tell me that like darius sucks you trying wait for a fifth round pick and a bag of footballs so and we have these other guys we are stoked on um not even play it down and they're littered across the league and they and, and these people come in and forget like how bad it was to find guys that could even make the pro bowl and for rex coming yeah that was funny as hell I was like game on you know what i mean game on uh, I'm gonna have some fun with this guy. So what that means to you and me is that guy was like the best marketing. Okay, but now we're not developing players through the draft. I understand Dawson Knox. I get that, but at the same time, you your your team was made You you, you had that chess piece of Sammy Watkins, and I feel like a Darius drunk and speeding was still more production out of Latuile. And if I'm not mistaken, two different things. If I'm not mistaken. I thought he was going through a lot of personal trauma in his life, but they paid him good ass money. Cause I thought somebody in the same murder or a friend or something back at home, like all sorts of stuff. And they paid him good money. And I understand you still have to be a pro, but like they had so much dead cap and then they do Saro Thule And then they cut sort on a Friday. So for the lame idiots like me, that means that like when you cut somebody on a Friday that gets buried in the media, you know what I mean? Like that's going to get buried through the weekend. So, I'm here in a long-winded way to ask you, like, I don't hate Brandon Bean, but, like, I'm just confused, man. And, like, (laughs) I I love that we're getting talent, but I feel like the marketing is so good since McDermott's taken over with Poico that that has to be really talked about when it comes to how are we going to manipulate the cap? How are we going to manipulate the draft? Because you got players like Epinesa not getting reps. you got Singletary and Moss behind a shitty – shittily coach o-line i was hammer the table table back up the truck for give star two-way money to aaron cromer and, yeah. and, and maintain the o-line if you're such a good coach and you're coming up with the fucking notepad see what the fuck they did and build off it you know and, and, and casillo was horrible before ray rice was on camera beating his girl he still gave them a bad season you know so i'm just so- gonna maybe put the mic down and let you talk and just compare me whaley to being how the fuck they can do it. And, and I understand Josh Allen and and I can't, he bet on the right player's work ethic. I got to give Bean yeah. that.
1: So obviously there's a couple different things. I think one, Doug Whaley gets way more hate than is appropriate in the sense that I think people now conveniently just think, Oh, he was trash. He was bad at everything. That's silly. He actually had an incredibly good eye for talent. The challenge is that he only focused on talent and the talent of the players. He wasn't that good at risk assessment of the long-term investment of who was going to be sustainable and stay good, whether it was players with injury risk, players with work ethic issues. And that he wasn't a terribly good contract negotiator of being able to figure out who to pay the bigger money contracts to. So you look at guys, Marcel Darius is obviously our local example, but another one is like Albert Hainsworth. Some humans are simply so talented that it doesn't matter what you do with them, what system you put them in. They're going to be phenomenal in that moment. But to sustain the NFL... It takes a ridiculous amount of dedication and time and willingness. And when they all the cheesy cliches that get thrown out this time of year, oh, that guy loves ball, that guy eat and breathes football. Eventually, when you get into guys playing in their sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth year in the NFL, that's what matters. Because a lot of guys are talented enough and especially guys that, you know, just won the genetics lottery that you and I didn't win. They were just born as these freak athletes. So many of them, by the time you go through high school, college, and get into the pros, they've been the best football player that they've ever stepped on a field with at any point. They've never stepped on a field that another guy was a better football player than them in their whole lives. And then they get to the NFL, and yes, now there's guys that are as good or better than them, but they get to that point and then have you know, the kind of setup where They're competing with guys, but they're still incredibly talented. They're still really, really good. They're still able to do those things and to be able to be in a position where, you know, they're still unbelievably talented, but then they don't sustain later on. One of the draft examples I use is Josh Allen is what Jamarcus Russell could have been. If Jamarcus Russell had the same willingness to be coached, the same work ethic, the same interest level, and in breaking down his mechanics every single year down to the studs and rebuilding them with a personal quarterbacks coach, Jamarcus Russell had the physical talent that Josh Allen has. He just didn't care about football enough to put in the work to do it. So when you flip that around, I don't think Brandon Bean has some magically better eye for talent than uh doug whaley did i mean he has hit on you know there's been plenty of good draft picks and plenty of good decisions what he is is he's much more aligned with the coach to know what specific scheme fits arc you know physical archetypes the kind of people that you want to be in that uh scheme and in that system and is an incredibly shrewd, he's a significantly better contract negotiator. He's better at structuring deals. And I know you brought up Star Tule, that's by far his worst deal, but he's probably got 30 exceptionally good team-friendly contracts that have aged incredibly well and gone well to the one or two, you know, you could probably add in Trent uh, Trent Murphy's contract. You could probably add in Mario Addison's contract. Um, Do you have but then he's going? got a huge another chunk that are yeah. incredibly good and favorable.
0: Okay, so that's... Okay, okay. Pause. I'm going to throw this right fucking back at you. Shaq Lawson. Mm. To me, if you're such a great coach, man, your player's young, okay, you sign him. Trent Murphy was coming off an ACL after year one. My favorite part about Trent Murphy was his PDS, And... <laughs> and i hear he's i hear him and his wife are really good people from nick pop from the red but it's like you know these guys are people and i hated chris kelsey okay and when i went to camp my ex that's why we're exes goes who's that guy and like you know um is that really over my face no shit um so i'm like who's who's that guy like chris kelsey and then i see trent murphy get signed for a bunch of money and what i don't like is i don't like that can't you take that same value to somebody else and then what rex ryan will get ripped on a lot of oh he's bringing in his new york guys oh of course he is and then it's like yo you have a leg up um it's like you have a leg up with um pretty much uh colvin benjamin and these other carolina players and i feel like you fell on your face so i mean
1: I, I understand the frustration but i think you know the, you, to your point earlier about the marketing um it, marketing's easy when you're winning so it, like I, I think many of their worst investments were mm-hmm. guys that they depended too much on knowing who the guys were um, knowing where, knowing where um, it's set up as far as the the connection, and thinking that they know what who to sign and who to go after, those were their worst investments. But ultimately, when you say fell on their face, making the playoffs four out of five years is something we hadn't seen in in twenty years. So it, they didn't fall on their face too bad. When you make the playoffs four out of five years, we've had. For playoff wins in the past five years, can having I, that rebut, success that I we haven't the... had before, obviously the decisions weren't too bad.
0: Okay, for sure. But I also think it was more of a turning age of the league too. You, you Peyton Manning's on the way out. You know what I mean? Drew Brees wasn't the same. Tom Brady actually laughed. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that. I'm sorry, but like the way this defense played this year was um obviously and I think inflated stats wise so and I understand that like we need to be in a tournament at the end of the day we need to be in the tournament playing chess and, and and that's a point where I've had to give that more credit because again unfortunately understanding marketing I see them take that playoff berth that Sean McDermott had and just run with it forever and then the moves they're making on the roster is, you know, I'm going to the games and stuff. And it's just kind of like, dude, we got the franchise quarterback and this kid came out of the box. He not like the scouting reports at all. And he did the work. He immediately hired Palmer to help him out yep. and, and Jordan Palmer. And it's that's like that to me. And what I loved about him is he laughed. He laughed at himself. He goes, yeah, I hope my accuracy gets better, too. And he's signing it you yeah. know and 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 i was a guy where i did a live draft show and i was like no way man because what i saw happen to ej Manuel, i never want to see another human being do again and i heard ej Manuel on eric woods podcast i don't think i even finished it and my mind was blown i don't know if you heard it but to paraphrase ej Manuel said exactly what i said which is you have a rookie head coach or offensive coordinator rookie qb coach or or, or and he's going to double as a qb coach not a Ricky QB coach. He was before here. um. But, you know, it didn't make sense, man. Like, that's a hell of a workload, buddy. And I think some... what a
1: lot of people underestimate with stuff like that is no one wanted to come to Buffalo. It didn't matter how much you were willing to pay coaches. You couldn't just go say, oh, I want to go hire the best offensive line coach. I want to go hire the best offensive coordinator. I want to go hire the best quarterback coach. They got turned down. They wouldn't even come in for interviews to want to come in to be able to do the job or be part of the team, you ended up having to settle for your third or fourth or fifth choice just because it was somebody willing to take the job. That's actually one of the biggest pivots here. You talk about the fact that, you know, can you imagine a time eight years ago, put ourselves back, you know, even before Rex, put put ourselves back into one of the, you know, nasty parts of the drought. Can you imagine telling us that coming up in a handful of years, a player who is a first ballot Hall of Famer, former Super Bowl MVP, who was on the defending Super Bowl champions, living in Los Angeles, playing next to Aaron Donald, who got offered $17 million a year from their team, was going to say, no, I want to go take that same amount of money to go to Buffalo. Can you imagine thinking that that's even remotely possible?
0: I'm thinking about, I was thinking about going to California and I was telling you, I believe I'm moving into Tampa Bay, Tampa Dave's house, the Buffalo guy I was <laughs> telling you about earlier. Awesome. Shout out Tampa Dave. Um, and it, it, it dude, like there's a sunshine tax. And then over here you just get extorted. And then you have a thing called a New York assault tax where like yeah. people want to argue with me. And I'm like, oh, cause it like, you fucking idiot. You pay your car off and it kind of lasts for a little bit. And like cars are the price of a home that we could flip. Know right now, so they're getting ridiculous. Um, I you're right, y- and that's a big thing, uh, Greg. Where I want to, I really want to do a deep dive. I've been pan- pondering this for literally about a year about the stadium. Um, I mm-hmm. hate the stadium talk, it from a taxpayer's perspective, as a New Yorker yeah. perspective, as in like. It's a topic that people don't want to touch because they don't want to deal with the the fans. They don't want to deal with hearing about it. I hear guys like reference it on the radio like, hey, there's nothing we can do about it. But, you know, their job is, hey, let's talk about sports. And I get yeah. it. But like um, it, it, it kind of sucks. And and frankly, when it comes to coaches and players, one thing that I really want to break down too, and I want to talk to you about was I think that there should be a pro rated to the cap taking in consideration the tax dollars it's ridiculous Mm. yeah because there's a reason in
1: texas and florida how huge of a benefit it is not having state tax and a lower income tax
0: we can laugh at the jersey jets all we want we can laugh at the jersey giants all we want but they're in freaking jersey probably for a reason you know what i mean yeah um and and then it's like The the state hasn't really helped us, I feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... you know Obviously, I'm always very careful about stuff like this because I don't live in New York. I'm not going to pay taxes on the stadium. Um, But the setup for it, I always compare it to two different sides of things. I think that spending money to give tax dollars to billionaires to build a stadium is an incredibly poor use of public funds. Whether you could be helping people in need, schools, uh, road investments. There's a million things you could do that are better investments. Also, there's a lot dumber stuff that the state does with our tax dollars than something I actually do enjoy watching and seeing and going to visit. So they could probably do worse. And I'll ask, if you go back and ask fans in St. Louis or in San Diego or in Cleveland 20 years ago, If they wish they could have a bad investment and a bad use of public funds, but still have their team, they would tell you yes also. So I wish they didn't. I wish billionaires paid for their own stadiums because they certainly could and that we didn't give them any public funds. But there's dumber things that people do with their tax dollars. At least this is something I care about. And I'd rather still have the team with a bad public investment than risk losing the team.
0: I think that through public sway um um, i leverage points that the nfl is going to do um and i i personally believe that like through this whole situation we've had the last couple years whatever we want to call it pandemic pandemic whatever biggest transfer of wealth in human history whatever we want to call it um i think we have learned that the power is within us as individuals to the, our approval okay to do this shit and once we start finding out and people for example in that world of the pandemic start showing up to like school board meetings like what the fuck are you teaching my children type shit just asking questions and for you're, you're in the carolinas right north or south uh, something like
1: that. i was I, I moved back now i'm in cleveland i'm in ohio oh nice. But yeah I, i've lived okay. in south carolina georgia outside of atlanta um and now we're back in cleveland so now it's a quicker drive to come home and see my family in western new york but um yeah still not paying yeah, new york texas
0: so my point being is is it's just like you know um i i would be i was in that camp you know i was totally in that camp but now knowing that like Oh, wait, I don't want to have Bill's fans hate, but, like, I don't give a fuck what people think. If, if I could make a good expose, something that is translatable to people, to be like, yo, this got cut in New York State. We got this funding from here. We got this funding from here, and the information is everywhere. You can even go on Google and find this stuff. This is base information, and when I find out, like, the bagulas are getting, you know, the whatever those loans are the, the ppe loans mm-hmm. uh they were getting stimulus checks you know i applied for a ppe loan i'm incorporated i had an employee they go yeah you're eligible for 274 dollars oh cool thanks fucking new york guess what i'm moving to florida <laughs> so like when pl- players don't resign in buffalo buffalonians and buffalo bills fans yes are they good fans yes does it provide a great atmosphere yes but with it also comes a darkness which is fans have nothing to do but shove their fists in their ass and wonder like well what about this and this and then they have the the gall to attack players it's like well and that with the taxes and the shitty weather why would you want to come here Mm -hmm. you know and there's a lot of clues we don't got to name players now that if you pay attention they're not here and then i look at players like to spin this back for here I look at players like Harrison Phillips where I thought he did the best he could do for a situation with his, his ACL thing. I thought he was, yep. he's, he's ascending. The Vikings got a good value on a good player. Yep. Um. Now there's a Carolina guy or a guy um that the, who, who the Bills signed. I don't want to pull a Tennessee. Da- Daquan Jones. Yes. 10 million yep. a year. Something like that.
1: Uh, seven. But yeah, uh, they paid okay. him more than Harrison Phillips. Perfect.
0: So, that's all I really that was a big spot track I want to ask you is is this something yep. that's under the radar? Why the big signing? What explain this to the the Peanut Gallery for me, which is me.
1: So you know, obviously, it was interesting to see them pretty much redo the entire defensive tackle room. Um, so you really you release Star you don't re-sign Vernon Butler. You don't re-sign Harrison Phillips. Ed Oliver is literally the only defensive tackle under contract on the team. Um, But then you go out and sign Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, and Jordan Phillips. So you add in – they got a really good deal on Tim Settle. That's actually a name to keep an eye out for for fans who maybe aren't, uh, aren't as connected. He was stuck behind a bunch of first-round picks in Washington that they were playing over him, and he was playing as well or better than him. He's just 24, and they got him on a pretty reasonable, cheap deal. Um, Daquan Jones is, uh, I'm going to use this in a positive way, Daquan Jones is what people thought Star Latule was going to be. Daquan Jones is legitimately an immovable object. He is just a stout, big, strong man who nobody can move in the NFL. He just sits there and holds up against everything, is a phenomenal run defender, and stops what's going on. So the way I compared it is Harrison Phillips is more versatile than Daquan Jones or Tim Settle. But Tim Settle is a better penetrating three technique than Harrison Phillips is, and Daquan Jones is a better run-stuffing one tech than Harrison Phillips is. Neither of them can do the other thing that Harrison Phillips could do both a little bit, but they're actually both better in their role than Harrison Phillips was in either of those one individual roles. So now, you know, does that mean it's a good investment because you had to do two guys to do those two things separately? You know, that's probably debatable, but they're both better at what they do than Harrison Phillips was at either of those jobs. It's just that he could do both things. Um, So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do from a rotation standpoint, you know, who plays what amount of snaps and then, bringing back Jordan Phillips, who kind of similar to Shaq Lawson, I think they liked both Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson when they were free agents. They just didn't like him for the three years, 36 million that Miami gave Shaq and the 30 million yeah. that Arizona gave Jordan Phillips. I think they would have liked to have had him back. They just said, Oh, holy shit, that's more money than we planned on God. Those, those are my two th- yeah, those are my two favorites.
0: Those are my those are my guys, man. Like I was. And and you know what? They're easy to root for. They're a ton of fun. Listening to you guys talk about that, it it took me off the ledge. You know what I mean? I was like, you know what, dude? They performed. I mean, you had to not be a rocket scientist to see that Shaq Lawson set the edge better than any defensive end on that team that year. Okay? And that, like, this this the other Phillips comes in from Miami, and the position that the Bills were in was a perfect way where, like... If Brandon Bean didn't get him, you show up to his house with the Louisville and you go, Yo, how do you not get that value? And 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 frankly, I'm I wanna clear it all, Podcast. This is my favorite year of Brandon Bean <laughs> ever. Ever. Like identify as a whole with Miller. Him. What I found don't the like
1: wet and get brought back guys.
0: Yep. Yep. And what I don't like, though, is I don't like playing Moneyball and drafting Moneyball at the same position. Like, no, like, no, there's we learn during the lockout. There's only so many reps you have. So these fantasies that blah, 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 blah. So when you see Greg Roman come in and he's split in two fields, the shit they did in San Francisco, you know, all that stuff like they know that they have X amount of time, X amount of reps. And I just you just knew that like signing a Trent Murphy when you have Shaq Lawson and you're stunting his development and that money could have went to Shaq Lawson and just stupid things like that that could be repeated, right. man. Um, and it, it, it's where I'm at is it's been the best one redone. And I had a couple, I had a question for you, actually, real quick. So sure. oh, on the defensive line, I would to settle signing. I think that was a great mm. lower, yeah, like game. under the radar Thing and get him out of Washington. That place is an abortion. So look, yeah,
1: that place is a disaster.
0: This is from producer Ben, soon to be another host. So first Love. question: What do you do with Tremaine Evans? Young has elite mm-hmm. size, speed, and lacks consistency. Contract is coming up, and with other guys, you eventually got to pay. um You tag at the end of his deal, trade partner, blah blah. blah. Now here's what I want to know, and he goes, "You risk at me pricing him out." I want to say one thing before I let you go. The offensive line with Moss and Singletary is my same theory with Tremaine Edmonds, which is I need to see the line play. That's what we learned about the drought. It starts in the trenches. I'm just your local drywall guy, okay? I play hockey after 31. I picked up hockey. I don't know shit but Madden and a lot of interceptions (laughs) in that. But, like, Tremaine Edmonds, dude, I'm sorry, man. Like, I've tried to like it, but, like, I've said it game tapes out there i shit my my on myself with josh allen but like with tremaine emmons i was like you can't bet on two guys with all this equity and then pay him both but then he does this stuff with the cap meaning he can i think that tremaine emmons i wouldn't be shocked after seeing a tweet something thrown out there about him going to the steelers on instagram it took a tweet and then put it out there i you gotta have a trade partner i don't no,
1: what do you think? I, I I you know so at cover one, we've gotten kind of yelled at for being Tremaine Edmonds defenders, but when we when people say defender, it's because we tell people, hey, Tremaine Edmonds is pretty good, like he's a solid starting linebacker. So no one should be saying he's elite and amazing because he's not. But people also take it too far the other direction. And, oh, this guy is trash. We don't want him. And, the, well, I mean, he's a good starting linebacker. Like, he's a solid, good start. Now, is that what you expected when you traded up to 16 in the draft? Probably not. But because... Matt Milano was a converted safety who was a fifth-round pick and a, you know, oh, put, pick him up by his bootstraps, and he turned himself into something that got a contract. I got a secret for people. Tremaine Edmonds is as good as Matt Milano. Like, they're the same. They're, they perform the same. They both miss tackles. They both get washed out in coverage. They both don't get off blocks incredibly well. They both over-pursue plays, and then they both do a pretty good job being good starting linebackers, but Mm -hmm. because Matt Milano was a a scrappy fifth round pick that worked his way up into a starting spot and Tremaine Edmonds was this physical freak that we traded up for in the first round, people have weirdly different expectations. And draft uh, capital matters as a rookie early on. We're five years into this now. That doesn't matter anymore. They, They are what they are. So Tremaine Edmonds for me is just like I described, a solid, good, above-average starting linebacker. And he will be. He's going to be a starting linebacker in this league for a long time. He's not special. He's not elite. So if we're going to pay him, if his agents want to ask for, hey, he's still only 24 years old and he's going to keep ascending and wait till you see what he does later on in his career, and they want to get paid like a Darius Leonard and a Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner and those kind of dollar amounts, no, I'm out. Now, right. if they're reasonable and say, hey, this is actually what he's done, this is the level of performance that he is, and they pay him like Dion Jones and Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack and other good starting linebackers, not at $19, $20 million a year, but at 12 13 14 sure, I'll be interested in it. Um, ultimately, when he asked the question about do you think – They'll have that choice that, one, unfortunately, the way that the NFL is, they don't actually do edge and off-ball linebacker. They just do linebacker. So all the teams that run three fours and put Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa or Von Miller out at the edge, and they do the exact same amount of pass rush versus drop into coverage that Jerry Hughes or Gregory Rousseau does, but technically they're linebackers. So that jacks up the linebacker franchise tag cost. So franchise tagging uh, Tremaine Edmonds was going to cost us like $16 million. It doesn't even help us. It's more than what we would want to pay him. So now that strips you of that option to say, okay, do we find a trade partner? If you find a trade partner, do you want to wait and then have to tag him and try to trade him? Or do you do it leading up to the draft this year to do it? I'd be hard-pressed to now gamble what is, I think, an elite Super Bowl-caliber roster, on a rookie free or a cheap free agent as starting middle linebacker, um, so I am not in the camp of we have to re-sign Termaine Edmonds no matter what. But there is a dollar amount where I'd be comfortable with it. I also could see when they talked about you know some of those things that you understand the the rumors that are out there. One of the guys, Zig Furcassi, who was a connected. 30-year radio host uh, and has shows on NFL uh, radio on Sirius, um, put it out there that he was hearing rumors that the Bills want to trade up in this draft, but not with draft capital. They want to trade up by packaging a veteran player with a pick to move up. Well, what if you took the second-round pick in Tremaine Edmonds and tried to trade up into the late first, and then you pick one of those rookie linebackers and kind of restart the clock on having the rookie contract over a five-year period with a Devin Lloyd or with a N'Kobe Dean, I could see a package like that more so than trading him away to another team for some random player or for something else. I think they need someone elite at that spot, or or not elite, a starting caliber high-end player, and I don't think that guy's on the free agent market anymore, and there's probably only two or three of those in the draft.
0: So here's what I was gonna tell you is uh your local asshole that you're talking to was like you know with Tremaine Edmonds if your quarterback is the franchise guy get some offensive linemen stop mm. two third round picks guess what as a Bills fan throughout years one through three starters that's what's cool about football most positions of any sport ever what that means is fuck what's your system make a top five depth chart for those players. Plug and play. Don't play stupid with me, okay? So when they get your main admins, then oh, it only takes time. No. In drywall, you have slow, slow, and good, fast and suck. You don't have. Yeah. We need time, and we mortgaged the future, and we're gonna play money ball with an offensive line. We're gonna end up with the same problem we have on a defensive line, which is. Guys who are half good at one thing, other guys who are half good at another thing. And I learned that from my local guys, Aaron Quinn and Greg Thompson at Cover (laughs) One. Not saying you said that, but you broke down what they do well on the line. I'm a fan of Feliciano, but he plays like shit. But he brought a fucking attitude. He brought a tenacity. He brought a thing. Okay? here Let let me flip that question around
1: on you. Let me flip that question around on you because I think we're about to find out the hard way. What they invested in, in the the sales pitch I gave you on how good Daquan Jones is at holding the point of attack, the investment in Tim Settle, another year forward in Ed Oliver, another now bringing back Jordan Phillips, having that much depth on the defensive tackle group, plus you bring in Von Miller and the attention he brings. What do we do if all that up front means Tremaine Edmonds has an awesome fifth year? What does that mean? Does that mean? He's already
0: there. He's a good kid. I think, I think his problem is I think he overthinks I'm an overthinker So I think okay. is He needs to either Smoke more weed Or he's smoking too much weed That's a Sammy Watkins He <laughs> needs to
1: regulate, needs to regulate. Okay. Right. What He needs, needs to go up or down
0: Up or down They tried to put me On the Ritalin I tried weed at 29 I'm like fuck So I, I need I could have been it. doing this The whole then, time Yeah And then I figured Oh I got addicted <laughs> to it And I went out like a detox A year ago joined to Florida And I came home With fucking Florida shirts but then slowly I start wearing black again, because that's New York. Dark. Oh, dark winners. But um yeah, you dude, you sign up, man, because like I'm about it. Like I, I here's the thing. I look at my dumbass podcast here, bro. Like, I'm just a dude asking questions. I don't know if you follow Jimmy Dore. Um, I've been yep. along around for a bit too. It isn't like I just talk shit into a mic about the bills unfiltered like a George Carlin because I want to inspire other people to do it. Just do it, do your math talk freely and Jimmy door's like dude i'm just some pothead comedian in a garage hey i'm just a fucking dude that's a bills fan staring at walls because in bands and other creative projects when you start making it a job you don't have friends anymore so like i would follow the bills and get really mad and be like the caller that is on hold and can't get through so fuck it i'll do it myself so when i'm looking at it with this whole thing here um i do want to piggyback with it of if I'm being the, the the philosophical draft Jedi here, okay? You re-signed Tremaine Edmonds. That said, I have a feeling, and Ben had I got two more quick questions for you. Dan Fates or Fats threw out the idea of Debo on Twitter, and this is from Ben Gramato mm-hmm. again. If the Bills could give him away for two or get him for say two first, do you make that move? And is there a way of being can even manage it? Meaning you already kind of answered that already. Now, there's a guy on the roster. And this also leads to another one. Poyer wants a new deal. He has a new agent mm-hmm. and his wife is already pitching on Twitter. Yada, yada, yada. I'm a big fan of his wife because she's saying the shit that everybody else on the team can't fucking say. Read between the lines. And I made that bet. I won that bet. Fuck your vaccine. Do whatever you want. We have other people who are vaccinated on the show. And not. it's not about that. It's about doing what you want with your fucking life. Learn about it. Because you know what? Not everybody died down south either. So, anyways... Um, how much money do you realistically give him? I think Poyer is, at least from my amateur eye, the last couple of years, not paying as close attention. I think he's solid. But what I do think is you can take a Tremaine Emmons and a Poyer and trade him for Samuel. I could see that maybe working mm-hmm. out, but like that would be like I think the only way you could do that if you even want to do that. But I don't think he he's boys with Garoppolo, and clearly I. He was was going to bat for Garoppolo. I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you?
1: So, you know, obviously, Brandon Bean jumped through a lot of hoops this offseason. They've added thirteen different uh, new free agents and re-signed seven of our own. He spent money. Like, I'm really good at this. I'm really, really good at projecting the cap, at explaining contracts, and I uh, explaining all the different ways that you can create space to be able to do things. He did stuff that I've never seen him do before, That he's never done. adding on three void years onto Micah Hyde's contract to spread out money. At some point, we hit some limitation. Now, they could still do more if they want to, but if you get into something like that, where it would be a Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer for Debo Samuel, and I, I have no idea if that's realistic, but just as a theoretical, we'll go forward with that idea. The challenge is Debo Samuel wants that money too. Debo Samuel wants $25 million a year. He wants as much money as Stefan Diggs just got. Well, Gabe Davis looks really good too. Gabe Davis is going into his third year. He's And he's not a first-round pick, so we don't have a fifth-year option. His contract's going to be up after the 2023 season. So he's going to want a whole bunch of money too. And he probably won't get as much as Diggs or Debo does, but he's going to get a lot of money. He's going to get a big contract. Um, so at some point here... If it was me, it would be trading. I don't want to trade Jordan Poyer. I love Jordan Poyer. We have no people are. I've seen people throw out bullshit about he's a system safety and that McDermott and Frazier system has created. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that their system is conducive for safeties who's, to look who's good. Whose pro
0: scouting report was that? Whose pro scouting report was that? Who brought them the, in?
1: Oh, to sign to sign uh Whaley Boyer brought in and, and Hyde and Poyer. Those last yeah, two uh, signings, Van Nistelrooy. Yeah. Uh there were. You know, it's it's debatable in my mind how much control they were giving him at that point. I think McDermott had his hands on an awful lot of that, but absolutely, the Brandon Bean wasn't there. It wasn't Brandon Bean e- either way. Um, so having him there in that sense, I, I think that you have a player that we have no idea what this defense would look like. So if you go through every single regular season game and playoff game, Jordan Poyer has been the starting safety in 85 of the last 87 games that they've played every single playoff game, every critical game that this team has played. We have no idea what a Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier defense looks like without Jordan Poyer. Now he didn't fire his agent and hire Drew Rosenhaus because he's looking to sign some discount team friendly right. deal. He, he knows he's about to turn 31. He knows matter of fact, He turns 31 a week from today. His birthday is a week from today. Um, and that this is his last chance at a big NFL payday. And he's seen other guys, Harrison Smith, the safety for Minnesota for, for your other team. He signed a four year, $64 million deal, $16 million a year that didn't even kick in until he was age 33. So if I'm Drew Rosenhaus and Jordan Poyer, I'm holding up that contract to say, hey, I was literally a first-team all-pro last year. I'm younger than that guy. Um, You look at other deals. Quandre Diggs was another uh, big contract that he went from uh, from Seattle to Detroit and signed a huge contract there for $13 million a year. So I did a projection. I put him at $15 million a year, two years of that for $30 million guaranteed, Um, and some other money that you can make the contract look pretty and other ways you can spread around the cap. I did it so he has no increased cap hit this year, only a $9 million cap hit next year, and then a pretty big one the year after as the TV money goes up when the cap will go up. I would much rather keep him and trade away or let a guy like Tremaine Edmonds move on than to pay Tremaine Edmonds and to let Jordan Poyer move on because I know Jordan Poyer can be elite and at an all-pro level I think it's possible Tremaine Edmonds could do that, but I haven't seen it yet. So if I have to bet on one, and if I now there are ways they could structure it where they could re sign both, but if I had to choose one, I would rather spend the money on Jordan Poirier, even though he's older, than on Tremaine Edmonds, who I don't know if he's going to be worth that 15 million a year.
0: So. Um, and this will be like one of my last points of close. You've been on for forty-five. I can't thank you enough for just listening. to No, I appreciate it. This has been fun. Um, thank you. Um, so what I what I'm really interested in here is um, when it comes to Jordan Poyer, uh, again one of my favorites, dude. Uh, I love, uh, you know, I love guys like Lorenzo Alexander. I, I love these vets that like, Great story. you know, they just. I, I believe that you could get these first round draft picks right, and take a guy that's been on the uh, on the practice squad for two years and develop him into the football system, and have him be that. They just don't get opportunity because in the office you're paying these higher draft picks sometimes two million a year something, you know. It can't. You just can't. You just can't. They're not going to get the opportunity. I mean, we're, we're kind of seeing it with Gabe Davis. They had some signings they had to play, but when that guy plays, it's almost like a secret weapon that they dust it off, and yeah. and and there you go. And and frankly, you know, I love Lorenzo Alexander. I love a guy who just proves from system to system, position to position, that if you put in the work, you break it down, you can do whatever you want. And Jordan Poyer does the work. Him and Hyde are the best safety tandem in the NFL. I will fight anybody Agreed. on that point. 100%. I can't fight, but I'll try. But ankles and, and pretty much like that's what i'm looking at here is yeah. that middle linebacker spot guess what get me to fucking get me one this year first round i don't give a shit yeah. trade for many diamonds if that's what you think we yeah. need jordan poyer i agree with you um is there any last finaglings with the cap that i want to make clear was pretty much it like people also said to have to keep in mind like we have an ownership and general manager who will make those trades now yeah, whereas yeah, before we didn't.
1: Yeah, willingness. I mean, obviously, everybody remembers Ralph's famous, you know, cash to cap statements about how he wasn't going to pay for future things. So, for there are lots of reasons fans can crap on the Pagulas. They give us a lot of ammo. They do a lot of things poorly, like you said, they're very controlling in the marketing and the messaging. The one thing, no fan should be frustrated or upset about, the Pagulas this year are spending more cash towards the Buffalo Bills 2022 season than any team in the league and any team in NFL history. They are paying more cash up front for this season than any owner, Jerry Jones, any owner in NFL history has ever spent on a team in one year. So for all the crap that we can give them deservedly for their freaking super yacht and the crap with the sabers and the getting public money for the the team they are spending more cash on this team in 2022 than any other team in the league and any team in history so at least give them credit for cutting checks You know, at least when Brandon Bean goes to them and says, hey, I got a crazy idea here. I'm going to shrink down all these contracts, and Von Miller's going to count 5.1 million, and Daquan Jones is going to count 4 million, and Roger Saffold's going to count 4 million, and Tim Settle's going to count 2.5 million, and Jordan Phillips is going to count 2.5 million, and I'm going to re-sign Isaiah McKenzie and bring in Jamison Crowder, and they're both barely going to count 2 million. (laughs) That's just defense, Okay. (laughs)
0: to be in a nutshell and their fucking marketing makes it seem like the inverse okay and you're giving these guys they Jones better fuck can do something
1: you know what i mean i will say it's a little closer than that it's forty-seven percent defense, forty-three percent offense. They are spending now, more on defense now, but, but they're spending ninety-nine million on defense okay, and ninety you know million do, on offense. You know, you
0: know what's cool about this one? We could put premium. <laughs>
1: draft resources yeah well we're, we're about to find out i wouldn't mind give me jameson williams in the first round. give me a ridiculously fast uh wide receiver our man eric eric would love to have Brees Hall, the ridiculous lightning running back out of iowa state and give him so, to josh allen
0: i would love to i got a guy I, I actually have tampa dave lined up to do uh a running backs one so here's what uh, i want to ask you I, if you're ever down dude to like maybe you uh, last second was a tax cop Missary. i would love to maybe if you're down or even anybody that's from your team to just do like a quick another 45 minutes to an hour draft rundown but like a, mm. something efficient you know what i mean i i almost listened to the mock draft today that's how much i like you guys and i haven't listened <laughs> to a mock draft i think in like five years So like
1: they're horrible what they're anyone who sees them as predictions is silly. You're stupid for pretending that they are good thought exercises to get the idea of who, what kind of players are available in each range. Hey, if I take a running back here, what kind of cornerback do we end up with? Or, Hey, if we don't get a cornerback by one of these two spots, it really dries up really fast. Those are valuable exercises to know, Hey, we better hurry up and take, you know, we can wait on wide receiver because look at the wide receivers that are always left in the second, third, fourth round. Those are, valuable exercises anyone who thinks that the the best guys in the world the best guys in the world get like 11 picks right out of 32 get 12 picks right out of 32 they get Mm. 60 percent of it wrong the best guys a lot of people get like five or six right so anyone who thinks that they can do it predicting what's going to happen you're they're stupid and lying to themselves but there is some value in the exercise of learning who's available when
0: the, the, the bills to the Washington team, to the whatever to fuck other teams, it's like getting your coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, Tim Horns, whatever. Brandon Bean ain't going to tell us. And for me, now I'm starting to get happy. Like, you know what? This this guy's almost handcuffing himself. Where he's being smart. Where we got the vet that we work with in Carolina and uh, that the one dude with the O name. I forgot his name. I'm drawing a blank. They signed a guy. Uh, I forgot, but he's a oh, defensive tackle. They, they, oh, No, they Obata. signed Obata, okay, Obata. And I thought yeah, that was a. a good signing because if Epinesa doesn't stop the fuck up, you two guys you drafted this year. Or so, and whatever, at least this guy's kind of able him. like, bash yeah. him a little bit. More. So, where they can, they can do things on the D-line. But, you know, now that I know that this is Monopoly money and Brandon Bean brings truck money and it doesn't matter, I'm not stressed out, but yeah, like yeah. I've been arguing with people for years, and now like my head's just gonna explode like a fucking warhead graphic. And like, I don't thank you for taking me out the ledge, man. Cause like, I'm uh, Brandon we'll be Bean. Right. I know you're listening. Um, you know, I know this is gonna get back to you, but this is my favorite season of yours, off season. Uh, you saw the holes, you identified them, you filled them, no crazy pun. aggressive, grow up um but greg where can we find you regularly and um i'll let
1: you go back to your life yeah i appreciate it man this is a lot of fun i I appreciate you having me on you can find me on twitter at greg thompson you can find me on instagram at thompson greg um you can find me uh over most of the easiest places on our youtube channel uh find the cover one youtube channel you can find me and Aaron every wednesday night and after every game lots of other shows eric's film room breakdowns are the best he does those on tuesdays um and all kinds of other stuff anthony right yeah, we've got shows all over the place now. So we've got two shows every night, all week long. Uh, even a new show with with Kevin Massar and his, his, his man, Mike Bunt. Um, so we've got shows, two shows going every night of the week. So come and check us out. All kinds of stuff to keep you busy.
0: Hell yeah. Greg, thank you again. And uh, I'm your host, David J. Palermo. And
1: if you enjoyed this, subscribe everywhere.
0: Trying to make a regular night of something. Uh, I've been more hooked on Madden than I have on podcasting. Just trying to keep it simple. Wait, um, we need and, some and, tips from you people have been trying to get us to
1: get a twitch stream going yo actually what's stream, funny about so that is we might need is, some advice for yo you.
0: what's funny about that is i'm more on the end of progression so like i knew that podcasting would take off so i built a simple system which is just do the research simplify it go on talk shit document it in the description so that i can go back to it but, and point b is i actually talk about it here about doing a Twitch stream, it's just like overwhelmed, but like I don't want to just do a Twitch stream. I want to have like different camera angles and then I want to have conversations over t- so um you know like I think there's that's a the place for to be frankly. For him. <laughs> well, Greg, thank you again and uh find him on cover one and yeah, he said it all before. Rewind.
1: Appreciate you guys.
0: Thank you. I don't know how to turn this off. Oh, here we go, Greg.